Let's do this. <laughs> it's the Wheel of Topics. Greetings, humans. My name is Paul Alves. I'm the guy here above the wheel. Got a great group of guests today. Upper right, we got Bernard Robichaux, actor. How you doing, Bernard? I'm good, Paul. Thank you. Oh, am, I, am I still okay to call you Bernie? Yeah, you can call me whatever you want, man. <laughs> Shithead would be a little bit. Oh, jeez. Uh, there it goes. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, now put that little disclaimer there for 18 years and older and to the uh, top left of the wheel we got graham dunlop from the grime america podcast hey guys <laughs> love your podcast sir big, whoa thank big, you big fan big fan i love grime america thank you <laughs> bottom left of the wheel larry sharp host of the sharp way how you doing sir I'm doing good. Bernie couldn't go like 30 seconds without swearing. That's I not know, good. Right? We're in trouble. 30 seconds. <laughs> We're in trouble. I, I'm told safety is always off on that one. I couldn't think of the French vernacular for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to the bottom right uh, of the wheel is Diet Coke, who is uh, the one of the mods from uh, Florida Man on Reddit. <laughs> How's it going, Diet Coke? Uh, go, going great. Thanks. I was going to say, you suck. I love Coke Zero. <laughs> you got to have that decoconized coca leaf in it, or I don't want it. So you got to change your name to Coke Zero. <laughs> I, don't, I think there already is a Coke Zero, but there was a Diet Coke first. <laughs> and, and as always, below the wheel, below the wheel, uh, Oz the Builder is building something. And we found out in the today's pre-show that he pretty much almost died last week, like a big shard of wood almost hit him. We're not sure what he's building, but we'll check in with him a little bit later. Uh, it's a very simple show, guys. We spin the wheel. We talk about whatever the wheel lands on. So why don't we just uh, jump right into it as soon as I can find the button. There we go. <laughs> round and round she goes where it stops. No, oh, look at that. Libertarianism. Oh, I know we have the most glorious of all topics. Oh, I was just going to say, I know, I know we have four very free spirits, five very free spirits. Make it six with me on the show. This could be an interesting topic. Maybe we'll start with Larry. Who ha Larry Absolutely. Larry's Let me run be very clear, very <laughs> clear on libertarianism, guys. A lot of people are going to tell you that libertarianism is about liberty and freedom. It's not. That is wrong. Liberty, libertarianism is about happiness. I'm not joking. Life, mm. liberty, pursuit of happiness. How in the world can someone pursue happiness? Guess what? Government has to allow to be as free as possible to pursue whatever you want to achieve the way you want to achieve it. But something else, libertarians tell ourselves a lie all the time. And that lie is everybody wants to be free. Some people don't want to be free. And that's okay. Sometimes they don't want to be free. No worries. Pursue happiness in any way you want, whether that's free or not free. Liberty and happiness is a means to an end. 
and the end is happiness. Happy people don't fight wars. Happy people don't want to kill each other. Happy people don't want to do all bad things. Happy people want to stay in their state, in their town, in their country. Happy people are the actual future of how we heal this country. Libertarianism will heal this country. Sermon over. <laughs> One of the questions I always ask libertarians right off the bat is, in your, in your vision of libertarianism, are, are there firefighters? Are there police? It's a, th these are the type of questions that are to be forward with you, uh, people talk about, but have no actual value. And the reason why they have no value is our country is literally marching towards dictatorship and or oligarchy if it isn't already there. It's already marching that way. We're militaristic already. We are doing everything we can to shut down. Think about this. In my state, in our country, uh, last year, most New Yorkers, millions of them, woke up every morning and had to figure out, will the government allow me to work today? That's where we are. You're talking about getting rid of police yeah. and firemen? We're nowhere near that. I have an idea. Let's just stop crushing people every day. Then we'll talk about firemen or police or whatever the thing yeah. is. This is just stuff. I might start saying, so when do the leprechauns ride the unicorns? There's no difference. <laughs> it's the same question. It's We have to get ourselves to a point where, look, the, the thing I talk about constantly is I'm not about abolishing government. I'm not. There's no I'm difference. not about abolishing any of this. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I agree. Oh, I'm, Absolutely. I'm not about abolishing government. I'm about about monopoly. Monopoly is bad, and government is a monopoly. So why don't we instead create more options to government to give people choices to do things? If people do other stuff, one or two things happens. They find a better option in which government has two choices. One, it becomes better or it goes away. No worries, because someone else has picked up the slack. Or no one goes to this other option. They stay in government. And life is fine. The, the option failed. All I'm saying is create more options. Get rid of monopoly. Government is monopoly. Monopoly is bad. Graham, your thoughts. <laughs> well, it's pretty obvious what's happening right now in the world that, I mean, I, I don't know enough about libertarianism to speak on that, but I mean, about government, you can see what's happening, right? All the, all the provincial health ministers, everybody parroting what's coming down from on high without even, you know, blindfully willfully blind to the other side of the science like the real science the truth which is being censored so governments obviously people it should be obvious right now to people that it's not working the way it is yes yes imagine if you would for a second imagine and i said this if i if i become governor of new york for those of you who don't know i ran for governor in 2018 clearly i lost uh but if i actually when it was governor one of the things i said and i was very open if those of you can head over to my shop where youtube page i literally put videos 10 videos on how to handle COVID. It's called COVID-19 COVID Response, March 2020. It's 10 videos on exactly how to handle it. And it was last year, last March, not this year, a year ago, I put it up there. Imagine if we had instead of saying, here's the right thing and I'm right, and you shut it all down and wear masks, but instead said something like this. I believe as governor that masks work. That's what I believe. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you all the information that I have on masks and what I think is correct. But I'm also going to put the information of what other people think might be right and correct on the government website, too. So you can pick and choose what you think might be right. I'm also going to put on the website what I think the CDC and the FDA think are correct. But I'm also going to put on my website other things that people think are correct. And I'm going to ask you to please start taking care of yourselves. But here's my requirement. You must be transparent. You, every county must give me data on what's actually happening. Within three months, we would know what's right. And not just that. We, it wouldn't have become political. It wouldn't be, oh, he's a Democrat, therefore masks are good. Oh, he's Republican, therefore masks are bad. That wouldn't have happened. 
we would have known what hap would have happened in every different county, in every area, and people would have done it on their own. And by the time three to six months would have gone by, we'd have actual protocols survive. I spent seven years in the Marine Corps in the 80s when we started the Soviet Union, and we were trained then. You got to be able to survive in a contaminated environment. So you find protocols to survive and you keep fighting the war. Well, our, our, our individual war that we're fighting now is keeping our families and keeping our businesses and keeping our lifestyles. Yeah. Well, let's find a way to survive in a contaminated environment. So you couldn't do that, though, because too much information, official information, whether it be from the WHO or the CDC, would contradict what they're trying to tell us. And I'm OK with that, but I know most people aren't. Yeah. But I'm with you. <laughs> Yeah, we, we have gotten a lot of contradictory uh, information. I mean, uh, early on in this uh, pandemic, uh, the the CDC was saying, "Oh, masks are useless," and that's and the only uh, we, masks that are being worn in the hospitals around here that are working. And I get a lot of friends, and there's a bunch of doctors that live in this gated community that I'm in, and the only mask they're wearing is an N95 mask, and that's only 95 yeah. percent safe. So what we're wearing on our faces is just something that everybody else thinks oh yeah that's gonna work but it's not really doing a goddamn thing yeah well it's, you know, so really it's just, it, you know it's trapping the particles that are not only your own particles but some of the other people's particles that are being <laughs> breathing around you so that makes no sense i mean i, I don't think you have to be rocket science to figure that yeah. one out no 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 so surgeons you know, wear, doesn't make any goddamn sense at all so surgeons wear surgical masks mostly so that they don't you know get part of the cheese sandwich they had for lunch you know, into into your body cavity as it's open and they're doing surgery on you. It's not, you know, I think, you know if the surgeon has hepatitis so B. Much bad data. <laughs> there's just been so much bad data that's been get put out there, to be honest. You know, there's there was a guy here um, maybe three months or so ago when they had the second lockdown in California that was uh, hit by a truck on a motorcycle and he was pronounced, that was a COVID death. I don't right. think what everybody else is aware of, too, that all these other flu viruses that are, uh, you know, out there are all COVID. The the common flu or common cold is a COVID virus. So, right. I mean, you know, now all the all the common colds and all the other flus, I don't know if COVID-19 just ate them all and <laughs> yeah. they just kind of disappeared or what's going on. But it seems kind of strange to me that none of this other information at like all the other flus being covid related that none of that is being put out there and just we're getting these these numbers that i don't know if they make sense or not but certainly so this is a, hit by a truck you would think that that wouldn't be technically a covid right death. it shouldn't count right yeah. but, but this is a no, great, great point. point covid presumed that's what this it's called is a, yeah. presumed this is an you awesome know, the point other thing that bothers me too <laughs> is that they keep comparing it to the spanish flu <laughs> All right, in 1918, that, that killed 50 million people in two years, okay, when the planet had 1.5 billion people on it. All right, now there's 8 billion people on it now. So what happened to the other, you know, 195 million people that should have died from this, from this in order to kind of make any kind of comparison at all? Because if only 500,000 people have died from this, but 195 million probably or 200 million should have, then there, there's some definite askewity when it comes to askew data when it comes to what's going on out there. So that to me, shut down a planet for you know, of 8 billion people and take away their rights to do anything and wear some kind of piece of paper on their face and call it a <laughs> pandemic. I, I don't know, man, but it seems a little, a little shaky to me. I mean, I, 
I mean, if you walked up to the street to the common layman and said, you know, what do you think of this idea? <laughs> We're making a business model out of it. <laughs> well, you got to realize something. Every year. Every year, about 2.9 million Americans die every year, give or take. Yeah. yeah. Last year, about 3.1 died. So yeah. that's only about 200 million more, 200, 200, 200 um, um, about 200,000 more people who died. Yeah, so, but, I mean, you look at all the stuff that's happened to people because of the lockdowns, people taking yep. the, to suicide and, and overdose and everything 30 else. 30% increase. Happened. Yeah, no, for sure. It, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, that just makes sense to me. Shit, I, I know lots of people that are, you know, going batshit crazy. And excuse my language there, kids. Um, <laughs> that, you know, uh, you know, couldn't handle this. Uh, uh, I've got some friends that are teachers and there are just a, a, a lot of kids that have taken their lives more so yeah. than I mean, There's, not that they weren't or, you know, or they haven't had issues because of what's going on around I, them. I, but I've seen it firsthand, Bernie, uh, uh, people that are just panicking over this. But I mean, this is on mm -hmm. trend. This this has happened before. I mean, the, uh, yeah. the coronavirus, like you said, is is something that's been around forever it's the common cold the flu is also a coronavirus but we've seen it before where they try to make us scared of carbon which we're made of we're carbon-based life forms they've tried to make us uh, scared of uh, co2 which is the the, the uh, you know it's what comes out of our mouth that feeds plants which became yeah, become uh, the food that we eat you know uh, i i think that, there's a drinking club somewhere bernie there's a drinking yeah. club somewhere that says what can we make them be afraid of today and then one guy says what about the air they breathe no no way man i'll bet you a hundred thousand dollars that you can't make them afraid of the air they breathe and then they do co2 and then there's a, okay you, do you think we can make them afraid of the common cold? No way. I'll bet you $2 million. And, and I think there's a drinking club somewhere. And, and there's one guy making a shit ton of money. No, I'm doing it. No, I'm swearing. I think I think if you're going <laughs> to, I think if you just sit on, if you can't, I think if you're limited to just like uh, specific platforms to get your information from or specific media uh, agencies to get your information from, and you don't have the drive or determination to, uh, research anything yourself and you're just going to take whatever is given you as face value, then you're going to have a lot of people that are going to sit around and say, oh, geez, oh, yep, can't do that anymore. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, they just <laughs> told me that it was bad. You know, that, that, you know, look, if they told me to wrap my fucking pipe around my exhaust, uh, you know, of my car, you know, then I might think, you know, that's uh, <laughs> maybe... You know, because it's another, you know, gas molecule. Uh, you know, I, I just, I think that there's a lot of people that would be out sucking on the ends of their bubbler <laughs> pipes right now. <laughs> and with that, and with that, man, with that, let's spin the wheel. Where it stops, nobody knows. Round and round she goes. Oh, it's right on to the future of, oh, the future of business. <laughs> <laughs> now we we can relate this back to I the don't last like where that went last one. I'm getting scared of this show. <laughs> no. That ended with people sucking on tailpipes. I'm not sucking sure on tailpipes. Hey, there's could... another. There, there's big business in that. <laughs> hey, if the government asked us to, I'm sure like seven percent 
wood. <laughs> yes. And there's probably money on a new lube for your lips just to soften the blow on that one. So we can relate this. This is a topic. I, f- I forgot which guest brought this topic to the table. That was but, me. Okay. But uh, I mean, uh, the future of business. I got two in a row. Look at me go. At this point, uh, uh, businesses always have to adapt. And now businesses have to adapt to lockdowns and, and bull crap. So, you know, uh, personally, I, I advise people, you want to start a retail business? Are you effed in the head no like you got to go online that's that's obviously where the you know the elites are pushing everything is online online no, online no, online no 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 you're incorrect <laughs> you're incorrect absolutely incorrect i stand corrected then you're totally incorrect <laughs> the issue is you want to make sure if you go into business now remember several things i'll talk from a business point of view and then an employee point of view business point of view it's totally fine to create a physical structure as long as it is experiential experiential is still what people will want. They will still want to go and do something, feel something that will still exist. If it's not experiential, you are correct, right? Just buying shoes. No waste of time. Don't do that. But say a place that, you know, you can put shoes on with your kids and they can march around and, and march and do crazy stuff that might make value. People might want to go there and march around with shoes on or something. That's possible. If you make a retail establishment that is either some form of showroom or something like that, maybe. But experiential is still fine. But the other piece I want to bring up here is, look if you are an actual em- employer. You're going to be struggling to find employees. And the reason is the, the larger states like New York and California are getting rid of the gig economy. And as the gig economy begins to go away, you're, make, you're having situations where if you're over 50 and you have been employed by the same company for 10 to 15, 20 years, you're almost unemployable on a full-time basis. Almost no one's going to hire you because the employers only care about your last 10 years. And if you only care about your last 10 years, the average kid takes him six years to graduate college. He's 24. She's 24 when she graduates. That means according to the uh, every almost every employer, a 34-year-old is exactly the same as a 44-year-old or a 54-year-old or 64-year-old. It Only the last 10 years matters. So if you're not 34, you're going to be struggling. And that sounds terrible, but how do you fix that? By getting, getting back into the economy, being the right kind of employee, which is one who is an entrepreneurial mindset employee, an ownership mindset employee, and working not for hourly wages, but for trying to provide value. And the more value you provide, the more your employer is going to want to hire you. It's value, value, value. And the more you are that, the better off you're going to be. Future, business is going to change tremendously. And government is still in, a, in an industrial mindset in a post-industrial world. And it's doing nothing but hurting businesses. And actually, the it thinks it's, it's helping employees, it's hurting employees. Less and less people are working for hours and we're focusing on things like minimum wage. And instead, we should be focusing on how do we get gig employees that have benefits. That makes sense. Get gig employees benefits. Don't worry about minimum wage. Why not both, though? You could, but they're doing neither. They're, I mean, they're doing only one, the one that's not important. If you just raise minimum wage without doing the other, what's going to happen is, and you see it already, McDonald's and companies like that are totally happy with minimum wage. Why? Yeah. Because they automate. They automate. They have no problem. Yeah, McDonald's buys it, the automated burger it maker. It kills their competition. They buy, yes, they buy in groups of 10,000. Yeah. So their price is very low and they get whatever they want. Meanwhile, Larry's Diner can't afford to automate. Now remember, so Larry's, Larry's Diner, Diner Larry's Diner is paying rent. And, and McDonald's isn't a restaurant chain. McDonald's is a real estate firm. They Correct. own every McDonald's. Yep. They own the property and they... they, they the franchisees pay rent, right? So, like, uh, I actually had a chat with the owner of the McDonald's in my local mall here, 
uh, the Dufferin Mall, and they were like, no, yeah, we, uh, we, McDonald's is the only owner of property in this mall other than the mall owner. Like, they, the franchisees pay the rent to them. And yep. McDonald's could just, yeah, you know what, we'll give you guys six months off rent, don't worry. And and yeah. then their franchisees can survive uh, five years of COVID if necessary. But right? something people don't understand, when it comes to a large organization like McDonald's, the most common person they give a franchise to is someone who already owns a franchise. So there are many people who own five, six, eight, 10, 12, 45 McDonald's. So if two of your McDonald's are hurting, so what? What do I care? Right. I got 43 that are working. I don't care. Right. But what happens when I own one Larry's diner? My diner's hurting. I'm finished. Yeah. I own yeah. 45 McDonald's. I don't care if 22 are suffering. I got 23 rock and rolling. And they, the they have the margin too, right? They yes, have, the average income of a franchise is almost a quarter million dollars a year. But they have so the margin because their food cost is so low. Their food yeah. cost is so low and they have so much automation in the McDonald's that uh, they have yeah. less employees you know, yep. per purchase than like uh, the, your local Vietnamese restaurant does, right? I, I talked to my yep. local guy here and he's like, we can't afford to do Uber Eats. They take, we make 20% on a meal and they take 30%. So every meal we'd sell, we're losing 10%. <laughs> you know, yep. we'd rather, it's better for us to just stay closed during COVID. Yes. So let's, let's bring this to the cancel culture and the split in society that's coming up with this forced vaccination. So is the future of business splitting up into different paradigms. Like I want to be part of a business that's going to open up a restaurant for people that aren't vaccinated for free people. Yeah. That, that would be the right way of doing things, but it won't. What will happen is they'll make sure that you must follow certain rules or they'll punish you if you don't. Yeah. But now we're going to have to create our own economy. We're going to have to I just, create our I, I own. Wanna, and, that, and that's, economy that, that's the future. I want to yeah. clarify uh, b before we get yanked off YouTube, the forced vac vaccination. It, it, I want to say that I, I don't mind the forced vaccination if it's a vaccination uh, as a science Ooh. guy as a science guy if Ooh. it's a vaccine if it's a tiny bit of the you know the, the thing i'm good with that it's the forced mrna therapy that i have an issue with no it's no, the I have an issue for period. Forced, forced period it, yeah. thank you graham it's the forced part that's the part that's bad yeah good ideas informed, don't informed consent force. yeah informed consent we need that yeah thank you no, no. First I'm of all, they shouldn't be forcing anything. Emphasis on the informed part. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just I mean, saying. Just uh, right now, it's, it's, all be I, as we, informed as we can about this, and really stay current. We've gone way off it. future of business, but I want to say not, that not picking fact sources because I'm there are certainly fact sources that are better than others, like the CDC and WHO, that receive billions of dollars to study this stuff. And not just some guy with a blog who like yeah. slept through biology class in high school. No, I, I hear I'm you. And, and I vaccinate my kids. No, I, I think it, sh it should I'm not be legal to say this is a vaccine. And it's not. It's mRNA therapy, which has been untested in humans. Uh, it hasn't been approved by the FDA. It's, uh, you know, it's been an emergency authorization approved. Okay, if it's a vaccine, let's say vaccine. But why are you calling this a vaccine? It's not a vaccine. It's mRNA therapy. It's well, the Johnson and Johnson one, I think, is is different than than Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson and AstraZeneca, I believe, are vaccines, where Pfizer and Moderna they are all mRNA therapies that we've never had a human trial. Why are we trying this? I'm just saying, just in case, why are we trying this on ninety percent of the world's population? 
Well, that's where uh, World War III comes into play. And, you know, uh, two years from now, we're <laughs> we're fighting off uh, a planet full of, uh, of zombies. Uh, <laughs> oh man, you know, I again. know when to press the button. I know when to press it the button. Com- it comes back the, to zombies. Doesn't the it? zombies comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one more before we take a break. Ran around she goes. Oh, where it stops. Oh, we don't want that one, but it, there it is. There it is. Uh, you can't get away from it, Bernie. <laughs> what is it? It's Trailer Park Boys, no, my friend. No. <laughs> yeah, now, right. <laughs> some of you may recognize Bernie. He played Cyrus on Trailer Park Boys for a few years. And in the animated series, I believe you did the voice as well for that. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, we just finished season three of that. He's pretty done with it, I think. At this point, I mean, uh, I've, the last thing I saw you on was in Haven, and you got some other projects coming up. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm doing an animated series out here called Hazley. Hazley. Um, it's a yeah, Hazley. It's a. It's kind of like a. It's a little Alice in Wonderlandish. Okay. I like I it guess, already. But, uh, yeah, for children. Uh, so uh, that's been fun. Play a raven in that, so it won't be the same face. Thank God. Um, uh, then there's Saint Producers. Another project. Um, it's called Marissa Romanoff, and that's a uh, sci-fi series. It's ten episodes. Um, nothing happened with that until she releases the books in New York. Um, I think sometime in the next couple of months. Can you do the name? Uh, and then I did another sci-fi series called The New, and I just finished the pilot on that. So The New, uh, oh, sounds see. interesting. Yeah, The New is kind of like uh, um, that's you know it's ap- apocalyptic, so you know uh, interesting. We'll see. My kind of sci-fi, The New. We'll check it out for sure. No, no. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of Trailer Park Boys, and the first time someone uh, recommended it to me, I was like, "That sounds stupid. A bunch of swearing, whatever, Pfft, whatever." But at well, its... you can see I've become very good at that. Yeah, <laughs> but at its core, it's about friends and family. You know, it, yeah. it's it really is. It's about friends and family, and 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 just you know the bonds that that hold us all together. And, and I'm, maybe I'm being way too, you know. But that that's what I got from it. And no, I think that's I think you're absolutely right when it comes to the simplicity of it is 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 exactly that. And, um, you know, how people have each other's back. Yeah. You know, and uh, what they do and how they deal with things when their backs are up against the wall. And I think that's just I think that well, I think we would all do very similar things um, and probably we certainly consider them over the last year so um it's probably a whole lot more pointed than we think yeah and other than the gun crime i mean everything that ricky was doing in like seasons one through four is now legal in ontario so i'm just yeah. saying you know well, there's, a, there's probably a lot of stuff in uh, trailer park boys with, even with the guns that you could get, even get away with now yeah pretty much pretty yeah. much so uh, is the the animated series is done now? You're not doing that anymore. Well, I did season three. I'm not sure what's going on with with it at all. Uh, I would think that I'd be hearing from them in the near future, 
because I shot last April and May for season three. So I guess it'd be coming up and around again for the next season if uh, it's continued. I, I heard to the grapevine that maybe Netflix didn't pick it up again or pick up <clears throat> any more of the of Charlie Park Boys. So I'm not sure whether or not that's the case. Um, I, I would, I mean, I and you know, I don't talk to the boys that often. It, it'd, be, it'd be a shame though if they kind of let that go or, yeah, I took the way, you know, I mean, that it. Look, it's still a winning franchise as far as I'm concerned. So maybe you just have to get around the idea that you're we're all getting older. And, yeah, I, and, I love that the the anime how that works. But I mean, you know, families just don't disappear. No, exactly. Regardless, and I think yeah. there's still some great stories that are, that could be some stories to be told that could happen from that. You know, I, you know, there were a lot of times I think that you know kind of gets stuck just in. Um, around the three main characters when there were a lot of other characters that could have been developed. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's my opinion. And, you know, you take yeah. that for what it's worth. Yeah, they, they seem to have focused on the three main characters. But, uh, yeah, and, and the, the whole, uh, the, the best part of the show was that the extended family, right? I, th I think that's what drove it in, in many ways. I mean, it, it's great that the three main characters, you know, were were so integral in, in it but i like to think that the rest of the characters that surrounded them as supporting cast were were uh, instrumental in making the show what it was um yeah now that's my opinion you know i know i'll be honest i never watched the show uh, <laughs> but i don't watch anything i'm in so that, that's common for actors i find you know they just you don't want, you, been, you, you don't want to see the end product you did your thing that's it. I'm, I'm out. Good. I'm good. I did my job. If they like it, if they don't like it, I'm out of here. Yeah, I don't edit it. I don't, uh, yeah. you know, when they say, uh, you know, check the gate, moving on to the next scene. Yeah. I got to assume that they got what they wanted, how they edit it, how they stick my head on somebody else's body or whatever they do after <laughs> that. It's, it's yeah, there's nothing I can do about that, you know. Um, and, and I don't like listening to myself. Uh, nobody does no. screen and i find it just really kind of weird um a little narcissistic even and um i i don't find i've learned anything by watching myself as if things were change i think as an artist uh you tend to be a bit of a perfectionist anyway so yeah. you make your choices on the day uh, based on how lines were delivered to you and and what you were feeling and, and those types of things when those lines were delivered. And I, I don't know that I could change that around. I think you can always have a better performance, but I mean, to sit back and worry about whether or not that's the case or not, I think you just drive yourself insane. You know? What about The Raven? Do you listen to yourself in The Raven? I don't. Um, I never watched that either. Uh, they've just done, and I know they've done three episodes. I've done three episodes so far. You do the you, voice? Basically, it's all voiceover, right, when you're doing the animation part. So you're really, I'm just saying the lines three or four or ten times, whatever they want, and I'm assuming they're listening to me. So they're they're getting what they want. Now, in voice memo, too, or in voice or track, 
they can cut it up any way they want to once it's down on the track. So, you know, I, I assume they get they get enough of what they want with the response and how they edit and you know put the put the animation together. So, uh, again, um, you know how I deliver it. And, yeah, I don't really hear that. Uh, you know, I get. I get people to deliver that line and um, I deliver a line. And sometimes, you know, like I said, I mean, I think we all know that we could say any line a hundred different ways. Um, and I'm sure we all have. So to kind of sit down and wonder whether or not it was the correct response or, you know, again. Um, yeah, you, you don't want to question yourself constantly like I that, right? You just you I get it done don't. and that's it. Yeah, right? you know, I got to be comfortable with the fact that they've hired me for a reason. Um, uh, and, and, you know, they liked what I did in the audition process or in this case with Trailer Park. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, they wouldn't they don't have to audition to be the same character I played for 20 years. Um, but with the Hazley thing or the Raven, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i just i'm just delivering to a, a child so most of the time i'm you know speaking to a child and i have to kind of think in my head that i'm talking to my little my daughter when she was younger and and try to um make that as real as possible there you go so yeah we're, we're about halfway through uh we're gonna take a quick five minute break and let everyone uh Refreshing their drinks or do what they got to do. And Bernie, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, I, my pleasure. Man. I really can't wait to see you in something else. And uh, it's awesome. We'll be right back. Yeah. Stick around, yeah. guys. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're going to listen to a little bit of uh, Jeff Smith. He's the guy that, he's the guy, he's the guy that did our, our all of our music, our theme song. And he's just a talented artist, piano guy, singing. He, he does Beastie Boys style. He'll do classical. He's awesome. We're going to listen to his song, uh, That's Gravity. I like that tune. You guys might not like it. And an animated no agenda from our previous guest, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Buchanan. And then we'll be right back. So, uh, guests, take five. Take five. We can do it. <laughs> Sitting here thinking about gravity Around the universe reaching out and grabbing me It's like everything's pulling me back to you I've been wondering if it's unreality Or if somebody up there is glad at me It's like everything's pulling me back to you I don't need to see it Oh no I just got to believe it It's true. I've been staring at the night sky wondering what's really keeping me under it. It's like everything's pulling me back to you. I just got to believe it, you know I know that you can believe it too Cause it's true But I could just close my eyes And deny 
couple of things I want to play. One, because okay. I have, we have some, I put this in the show notes. Play the Mars mission dart analogy off of NPR. Day with the touchdown of the rover Perseverance on the Martian surface, landing the completed by far the riskiest part of the mission, placing the car-sized plutonium-powered rover on a five-by-four-mile strip. The feat likened to throwing a dart from Washington, D.C. and hitting a bullseye in Dallas. The rover's cameras almost immediately began broadcasting pictures from the Martian surface. The rover nicknamed Percy will spend the next two years collecting rock samples and other material that at some future date will be collected by another mission and returned to Earth. Yeah. So you, it's like taking a dart from Washington, D.C., throwing it and hitting a bullseye in Dallas. <laughs> now, the, the, the first thing I thought of when I heard that was, gee, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. How did we hit the Chinese embassy by accident oh, in Belgrade? This is why you wanted it in the show notes. Okay, I got in it. In nice. 1999. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> with, yeah. our, with our pinpoint GPS CIA program precision, how could we miss? And we hit the Chinese embassy. <gasps> Shocker. So I thought about that. So I looked it up to get the details. And I, the, the new information that's come to light on this bombing, I didn't know, know half of the story. People should look into the show notes and read about this accidental bombing of the Chinese embassy in Belgrade. For one thing, that we launched a lot of bombs in the area. The CIA had access to only three of these guided missiles. All three of the CIA guided missiles hit the Chinese embassy. Whoopsie. Not one, not two, all three. Uh, they had the right information. They also had the do not hit list, which, which yeah, the, was the database. The database. They had the right list. They also found, discovered that the CIA had the right maps because they made the. They said, "Oh, well, it was an accident because we had the wrong. We had old maps." And they, it turns out, so there's nothing <laughs> to indicate that the CIA didn't bomb the Chinese embassy in on 1999 purpose. on purpose. On purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they claim, well, it was you know, it was an accident. Which kind of gives know. them a little bit of reason to be angry at us and retaliate. It killed three Chinese reporters is all the real fallout was, I mean, besides destroying the it's, building. It's not, it's not friendly. And I would recommend people read the whole report because it's a very, very intriguing uh, set of circumstances where this thing was hit. And I was immediately reminded of throwing a dart from Washington, D.C. and hitting a bullseye <laughs> in Dallas. We can do that, but we can't miss the Chinese embassies. Okay. Yeah, it's under China in the show notes is where I put it. In the morning. Hey, and we are back. Having a little break there, guys. Having a little break. 
You guys ready for uh, another spin of the old Wheeler Rooney? Well, there's a button here somewhere. See, you know, I, I, I gotta say thanks to Drax, who made my new. Uh, here, I'm gonna bring it up on the, uh, on the big screen here. I know, I know, we got the uh, Stargate thing happening, but you know, he, he's building this. Uh, um, well, I'm gonna say virtual. Shh, giving away the secrets. The, the little control center here, but it's, it's kind of neat. It's working. It's working. And uh, we're going to bring up the uh, Wheel of Topics spin. Here we go. Yeah. Right around she goes where it stops. Who the heck knows? Oh, 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 Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Uh, I, I know some, some of the guests and a lot of people at home are going, Nerds. Freaking nerds. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I remember back in the 80s, back in the 80s, the mainstream media was saying, this is a demonic thing. You must take your children away from this immediately. And now the media is like saying, oh, this is a great thing for your kids. It encourages, you know, uh, imagination and, you know, camaraderie and uh, friendship and, you know, getting out of the house, getting some exercise, going to your friend's house, you know, rolling the dice. Uh, that's a bad hand motion for YouTube. Mike, we're rolling the dice and going out to your friend's house and, you know, conversation and imagination. It's a great thing now. But back then they were like, wow, there was whole like documentaries, 60 minutes, 60 minutes. I'm Mike Wallace and the Dungeons and Dragons is taking over the minds of our children and taking them to Satanism. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, I got to turn up the, the audio there. Sorry, Larry. It's OK. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can yeah, so know? I remember that story where um, they went to that kid and they were like, you know, the parents were like, we had no idea he was playing Dungeons and Dragons. How can you not know your kids? There's books everywhere. You know what? You're a crappy parent who didn't actually know anything about what your kid was doing. Your kid was lonely. They had no male and female role models. That's why your kid had the problems they had, not because of Dungeons and Dragons. It's silly. But I, I have an actual interesting, uh, an interesting story about this. When I was in college, I had uh, a lot of instructors in my English classes who were ideological. Mm -hmm. And clearly you can see my ideology. So when I would talk about what I thought was important and valuable, they would give me bad grades because they disagreed with me. So I decided the way of getting around that was to make sure I would write things that they would never know about. So I literally wrote about Dungeons and Dragons and almost everything I wrote in college. No, no, Larry, Larry before you go on, can you maybe for, for the, the folks at home that have no idea how this game works, and I, I just happened to say that it was all Satanism, whatever. Everybody oh. knows how Dungeons and Dragons works, my friend. Uh, I don't think so. Not even now in 2021. I don't think everyone watching knows. What happens in Dungeons and Dragons is one person plays Dungeon Master and who creates the world. That person creates the world. And then other people are the players and they then react in that world. The Dungeons and Dragons, the, the, the Dragon Master is the referee and is the is the actor for all of the other people and players and things that happen in that world. And it's back and forth and role play, similar to LARPing you might see out in other places, but it's usually done around a table, but can be done via computer, can be done online, also does happen. And it can be a combination. Most Dungeon Masters today use a laptop. When, when I was a kid, you used books that you blocked the areas, so no one could see stuff. But back in the day, now they actually use laptops and such. So it's a way of creating fantasy and creating a world where basically magic, and monsters and heroism all exist together in one world. And you can basically be anything you want. Hopefully you will be someone who's kind and good 
and not someone who's man evil. We hope so. So that's I, what Dungeons Dragons actually is. If I'm an adventurer, you're telling me there's th this is happening. There's a door in front of you. There's a dragon yep. on the left. There's a, a, a you know a barrel of wine on the right. And me as a player, I'll say, uh, uh, I want to drink the barrel of wine on the right. You yep. know, and there's dice involved, and you'll you'll roll some dice, and it'll be like, you you drank the barrel, and you're drunk as f. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or 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 if you have a good dungeon master, you have a story that's being told. So you would grab the wine because the wine is magical, or you would go yeah. fight the dragon because the dragon, you know, has a treasure, or you would do something for a reason. If you're a crappy dungeon master, then you just let's go do stuff and fight. Those are bad dungeon masters. Good dungeon masters, there's some story behind it, and people have a reason to do things. It makes sense and logic, and you try to do things that make sense for your character. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I, I played in the 80s, like 84, 85, and then I left it for decades, and now I'm playing again for the last few years, as you can see Look in at the that. background. I got that background is the basic set I, from the yeah. 70s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sadly, I know that I, I'm such a geek. I know that picture. That's the cover of the basic set from the seventies. I think we're going to pull yes. Graham and Larry in to be our uh, dungeon masters because I've got some ideas for some technical stuff to do a live show with like graphics. So we might have yeah, to talk nice. after the show. Yeah, for sure. It'd be good to have one that's a little interactive because nobody really does the interactive part of it. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently it ruins the game. But I mean, it's very creative, you know, that people can. No, be I, I, one of my ideas was to have the chat room <laughs> as sort of like a demigod that could could affect the game as well. If if they you know are in the chat room and to have like, for example, a playing field that's you know live and being updated. <laughs> just just saying, just saying. Bernie's like nerds. <laughs> I, I never I never played the game, <clears throat> but it sounds good with the fantasy part. Are there scantily clothed women involved? There can be, yeah. Dungeon master, of course. I got an out. I got an. I got an encounter oh, yeah. coming up with uh, a Laura Lay. She's from yep. the uh, Cobalt Press books, and she's like, uh, she's an enchantress and on the rocks, like a, basically a siren, you know. Ber Bernie's so like adult fantasy. Gonna, I like I'm that. Gonna chant, I'm going to chant my players with her, and I'm going to force <laughs> them down into this tomb. So, hey, Diet Coke, yeah. man, you ever played uh, Dungeons and Dragons, sir? I have actually. Yeah, I've played a few games. I have I have deep nerd cred. If you couldn't tell from me being the moderator of Florida, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we got to fire up some Florida Man soon, for sure. If you guys haven't watched before, Florida Man, we land on Florida Man, and we talk about some crazy freaking thing that someone from Florida has done, and usually it's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's all actually one person, the world's worst superhero. Right, it's, it's like, it's like uh, people say that there's only one dog, right? And all <laughs> dogs are the same dog. So it, it, when there's the people that dogs like and the people that dogs don't like, that's because there's only one dog. Like the, that <laughs> dog's mind is spread throughout all the dogs. Same thing with Florida Man, for sure. We're going to do some Dungeons and Dragons on the stream eventually. What was that? <laughs> what was that? That was rigged. Oh. oh man. That wheel is crazy. Florida man. Florida man. That wheel is crazy, my friend. And things happen. Florida man. And usually I'll do like a quiz or do the Florida man story. But we got Diet Coke. I, I don't know which way to point. Diet Coke is right here in the bottom right of our screen. He is one of the uh, moderators from the Florida Man subreddit. 
Uh, I gotta ask you, bud. How how did, how did this whole subreddit thing get started? Like, you're oh, I know yeah. you're one of the mods now, and what's your yes. craziest Florida man story? I will tell you. Uh, I've got a couple favorites. One of which is I think the actual headline is Florida man high on flaca has sex <laughs> with the tree and tries to fight the cops when Good they come God. up. He was yelling that he was Thor. I like to imagine that that's when Florida man realized he had superpowers, kind of like, uh, you know, when Spider-Man realized he could shoot webs and climb up walls and stuff. That was Florida man's moment. You got to see our our drawing there is by uh, Esposito, Joe Esposito. I Uh, love that. (laughs) He's got the the snake. He's got, you know, the the nuclear bomb uh, shorts, Florida. (laughs) He's got the haircut and he's got the flip flops. I just I've got to, I've got to say, and uh, this is the first place to announce it on. But on April first, we're going to have an AMA with the real Florida man. So make sure you check it out. Oh wow! Not only are we, not only are we going to check it out, man. We're going to live stream that. Wow, we're good with that. <laughs> and we we've played a few uh, different ones, and we, never have the guests like you know answered the question correctly. I, I forgot what the last one was, but I mean, it's oh, like, I get all these. I'm I'm like the Florida man expert. <laughs> Uh, you guys have some positive stories too sometimes it's like florida woman you know gives a million dollars to charity you know it's not always like you know if you're from florida you're an idiot it's you know nowadays (laughs) it's like nowadays it's like a florida man shops without a mask oh no oh no what an Uh, (laughs) a-hole there's actually a great one right now that's the most recent florida man story uh the headline is wild night in miami beach florida woman twerks on a police car two officers injured (laughs) two officers injured oh my god wow wow but uh yeah it's a it's a great sub on uh uh, reddit reddit.com slash r slash florida man You'll always find interesting stories there for sure. And Diet Coke is one of the uh, the mods there. You kind of have a lot of issues with the moderation, right? Especially on Oh, Reddit. yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a fine line to walk. You know, people get mad yeah. when you remove too much stuff, and they get mad when you don't remove enough stuff. Yeah. We, we, we had a, a flat earther on this channel, and we were trying to be respectful and, you know, chatting yeah, with hard. him. It got to the point where it was just like, oh, man, dude, you can't be saying that like without proof. It's not. Right. You know, uh. And then he had like a picture behind him that showed the round earth. I'm like, dude, look behind you. Dude, look behind you. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know what? I, you know, maybe I was kind of rude because I was laughing so hard when we were showing a video of like, you know, the space shuttle, you know, the, the big tank, the rusty tank, the main tank when it falls off and, you know, flies back down to earth and splashes in the ocean. And he's like. That's a balloon. Oh, I, I lost it. I actually popped myself out. But unfortunately, like my, uh, like I'll show you guys, you guys have seen it. Like th- this is not very subtle, right? I, I turned my video off. I'm actually working on a more subtle way to turn my video off. But I, I forgot that my uh, mic was still on. So you can actually hear me in the background cackling, laughing, because this guy's saying that the space shuttle is a balloon. And I was like, come on, man. He left midstream and I've been dealing with those people leaving nasty comments on our channel for like two months now. And I'm sorry, but if you think that the world is flat and like the sun is on a stick or something, conversation's over. I'm not going to talk to you about politics. I'm I'm not going to talk to you about anything else. Economics, 
any other topic because we're we're done at that point. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? I mean, to be fair, like NASA, you know, the European Space Agency, yeah, they say the Earth is round, but you have to pick your sources of facts. Don't right? you like, start? Like, don't you, you start, Diet Coke? <laughs> There's absolutely no reason for private companies to be sending, you know, rockets to Mars if Mars is a flat thing that's just like two kilometers away from our flat Earth. Like, really? Come on, man. But I am still dealing with those comments every day. I'm like, remove from channel, remove from channel, remove from channel. And I can imagine on Florida, man, you guys must have to like, you got a lot of, you know users on you there know, how many how many people are on uh the florida man reddit it's gotta be like uh we're put we're pushing three quarters of a million now there you go yeah seven hundred fifty thousand yeah. people on this thing and you, yeah. you know we were, uh, we were somewhere under a hundred thousand when i first started as a mod there so it's grown really nicely and yeah. uh overall great community you know one time yeah. We had a discussion where strip clubs in Jacksonville came up okay. and someone popped into the comment <laughs> to give the last five clubs that this one strip club was and the history of how seedy each one was and kind of, you know, what you could get away with there. And <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, we have made it as a community. <laughs> you made it. You made it. <laughs> and with that... <laughs> Around as it goes, spinning around. What's happening? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 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 uh. That was weird. Now, my my co-hosts, Craig Damelo and and Sir Jimmy, would have thought that I would have brought this topic on episode one. I said no, I'm not going to talk about Doctor Who because it's like my favorite TV show of all time, and they're always bitching about me. You know, me talking about Doctor Who. Uh, so I'm going to wait till one guest actually says, let's talk about Doctor Who. And here I am. Yeah. Yes, that one also was mine. Yes, the guy who puts up Dungeons and Dragons is also the guy who puts up Doctor Who. I'm not a geek at all. Not in any way. No, no, know. not yes. at all. Not at all. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, one of the reasons why I, I want to talk about Doctor Who is because I think it's done a relatively good job of making smart people cool, number one which is not common, right? Most of the time, this, the smart guy has to have two guns yeah. and no brains. Or, or, or he's got to be has... like autistic, like uh, on on uh, Stargate. He's got to be Rodney, yes. M- Rodney McKay, who's like... But, but our doctor <laughs> has two hearts and one tool, which is nice. One screwdriver, right? He's, he's, he's a pacifist, which I like, but he still can fight people. He's worried about destroying people. One of the things, even back from the 70s, get the chance to destroy all the Daleks and thought, do I have a right to commit genocide, even though the Daleks are evil? This was the kind of thing that they were talking about in the 60s, and 70s, and the 80s. Yeah. That was what sci-fi is about to this day. They made a hero who is not a violent person who wants to kill and destroy. It's, and what it's what are the only did. like... Uh... And they also added something else is important. They added a female sidekick in the 70s and 80s yeah who was a warrior. Come yeah. on, that was unheard of. <laughs> I mean, this was this was really a show. Yeah. So, I mean, now, if you've noticed, this is the, the most recent iteration, they had a, a, a lesbian black woman who was his companion, and it wasn't about her being lesbian. Like, that wasn't no. a thing. She was just a regular person 
who happened to be lesbian and it came up once in a while like anybody else would have come up the way I would have wanted it to be. I can't stand it. Although, Larry, rumor is. And that's why, and that's who you are. <laughs> Your definition is being a lesbian. No, she was a lesbian, and that's who it was. And Doctor Who did some very good things. Yeah, I, ahead of the curve, for sure. The ahead of the curve. The, the last iteration was terrible. That was the one thing I got to say. But everything yeah. else was good. Yeah. The the last showrunner. Showrunner makes a big difference on a series, right? Yes. And uh, I got to say, Chris Chibnall, despite being a Doctor Who fan, I, I would rather see him fired, keep the actress, keep the doctor. The doctor's a female now, by the way, which is yes. cool. She's awesome. But they made her like this ditzy, childlike personality. It's almost like, what was the point of bringing a woman, the first woman to be Doctor Who is a ditzy, like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they did mess like, that up. They did. She, she should on. have been a savvy doctor like all the rest of them. Savvy, on the point, you know. Yeah, uh, like, they uh, should have. They screwed that up. Big time, big time. They bring a woman yes, on. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm a woman. You yes. Know, totally they, they screwed the it last up. Yeah. Version. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. I still love them. She'll probably sink the season and it'll probably be gone for a couple of years. I think they'll so. reboot it with somebody else yeah. and they'll hopefully do a better job. I, I was hoping for a new a new showrunner, do give or, or new writers, give her some good scripts, change her no, character. No, they blamed a bit. her. No, they blamed not her. her. Fault. Not her fault. It's she, not her fault at all. No, I she, she's. Agree. She is playing those scripts like they're written. She's awesome, yep. and and you know what? If it, if the script says you're a ditz, and you're an idiot, and speak you like that, be a ditz. speak like a child, and you do it like like Bernie said. I'm not watching the show. I'm doing what's on that script. And <laughs> when right, they say yes. when they say cut, print, that's it. It's done, right? Yeah. She did a great job uh, uh, for what it's she was doing. Fault. Not her, not her fault at all. Peter Capaldi uh, even got some bad scripts, but he, in general, he he's brilliant. First of all, brilliant actor. He did a great job with the scripts he was given, I and mean, he was given good scripts. And all of a sudden, boom! You switch to uh, Jodie Whittaker, and and this see see guys, this is why my co-host didn't want me talking about Doctor Who because I can no please hours and hours, and all the other guests are like. What the frick is going on here? These two dudes are talking about fucking Doctor Who for yes. 20 minutes now, seems like. Yep. Yes. It's true. It's just like they should be, they, they're just jealous because we're cool. That's just what it is. It's fine. That's right. It's Bow fine. ties are cool. They are. Bow ties well, are actually, cool. I'm not, I'm not, I'll tell you, that I'm, I'm not a big Matt Fitt Smith fan. He is one of my least favorite doctors. It kind of, of kind of grew on me. You know what? Never mind Doctor Who for a second. Go ahead. I, I look. You gave me hey, what I wanted. I'm already happy. Oz the Builder. What's going on down there, bud? We got to see what Oz has been doing for the last hour we've been talking. I I wish I would have made you a freaking TARDIS with all this doctor doctor. Oh time, man. man, dude, if you uh, uh, how, how like what's the give me a quote? Uh, like I I have oh. a flat roof garage. I have room for a, a full size TARDIS. But the, the problem is, it, it's it's the shipping from Wisconsin to Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna eat it there. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. So one of the things that's so awesome about this is Paul keeps letting me come back, and I just jack around for an hour. And I had this this idea. It's just so stupid. I was like, can oh, I make a truck? This. Can I make like a planter, like a truck thing out of this? And so I literally just ad libbed this. I just went over there and I just started drawing. I was like, all right. So now this, I'm gonna make some wheels. <laughs> You could put a you could put a freaking plant in there. That's look at that. He's got a truck planner. 
I'll give that to my mom. I'll be like, Ma, here, here, put some, put your mums in there or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> While we were, uh, you know, sitting and chatting, he's built like a truck planner. Let's see, easy. <laughs> hey, I, w- I want to bring up one last thing on Doctor Who. One last thing, and I'll and I'll you, you got, Hang on, let me let me bring up the uh, thing there. All right, there you go. One last thing is the Daleks. You got to understand, most of you don't know what the Daleks are about. The Daleks began on the planet Skaros when they had had so many horrible wars with each other, they had destroyed their own planet. The planet was uninhabitable. Yeah. They had nuclear war, chemical war. And this was in the, in the 70s when they yeah. put this episode out. Yeah. The, the planet was destroyed. So the, the, the mad scientist Davros decides, how do I make my people survive? So what does he do? mRNA he vaccines. Yes, he does. He takes the DNA and he literally just says, let me push my people forward genetically. What will they eventually become? And they will become this just kind of glob of, 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 of life. And he then puts them in this canister that can survive any environment. That's the, the, the origin of the Daleks. That's the origin. And they were talking about this d- genetics, yeah. um, evolution, canisters, yeah, late destruction 60s, of 70s. our world in the 70s. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Okay, I know, I know everyone is, uh, you know, you committed to 7.30. We're already at 7.33. We're going to do the credits, and then uh, we're going we're gonna to peace out from there. But if anyone wants to stick around for an overtime, you're more than welcome to. But uh, right now, I just want to thank all of our guests for coming for this, I was going to say shit show, but you can't swear on YouTube. Thank you for joining us. We ended on Daleks. Well done. <laughs> ended on Daleks. Graham Dunlop, thank you. Grime America. Bernard Robichaud, actor, he's awesome. Can't wait to see him in new things. Larry Thanks, Sharp, buddy. host of the Sharp Way. Oz the Builder, Diet Cork from uh, Diet Cork, Diet Cork. <laughs> that's your new name, bud. Diet that's Coke funny. from Florida Man. <laughs> Peace out. Diet Cork. <laughs> Dalek Cork. <laughs> and and stick around on Zoom, guys, if you want to stick around for an overtime. Thank you so much, guys. This is a crazy show, man. I don't, I don't know why anyone ever says yes. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'll see you guys later. I gotta head out. All right, gotta run, guys. Thank you, you guys. Super fun chat with y'all. Have a great rest of your night. Yeah, do what thanks, you gotta guys. do. Nice to meet y'all. All right. That's it. I just me and Larry and Diet Coke right now. <laughs>